0: Hey, Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation. No... um, no commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a, book a chat with me. A no obligation, confidential, and safe place to talk about you.
1: Seriously, who needs parent education classes? I had never heard such a concept, so I thought it was so strange. And I don't yeah. know if you know anything about French people, but French people are usually not very naturally enthusiastic and they're kind of like usually more pessimistic and more kind of negative so for my french friends to tell me this was a great place and it was going to change things i thought i really have to go check it out so anyway that's how i I went to take parent education classes there and it did change my life because it made me a better parent and it made me a
0: coach Solomons talk was designed to curate the stories of solo moms globally. As a facilitator of this platform, I aim to create a peaceful environment where you can share your heart, feel loved, and get the advice you need. So if this sounds like you, why not RSVP for our next virtual meetup? The link is below. It's where you can retreat from the chaos of your life so, you can recharge, connect with other moms, and get answers to your burning questions. Remember, you're not alone and you don't have to parent in silence. My guest today is Pascal Brady. Welcome, Pascal. Nice to meet you, Jen. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming and talking to me today. And to open up, would you mind telling us who you are and what you do? Sure. So I am Pascal
1: Brady, and as you can tell from my name, I'm actually from France. I was born and raised in Paris, France, uh, a few decades ago, and I, my dad was actually French and my mom was German. So I'm half French of German, and I became an American a couple of decades ago. So I'm now in the U.S. outside of Washington, D.C., and I'm a life coach, a life and business coach. I have my own practice for 16 plus years now. And I became a life coach because I had babies some 20 years ago and took parent education classes to become a better parent. And the philosophy that was behind these parent education classes was the philosophy of a certain Alfred Adler, who's recognized as the grandfather of modern psychotherapy and coaching. And that's why I became a coach, but I also became a parent educator. And so I teach parent education uh, classes there as well, in addition to my coaching.
0: Okay, all right. Thank you. And is there a reason why you needed to take parent parenting classes? I mean, we probably all need it, right? My goodness! Oh my goodness!
1: (laughs) Do do we do? Did I ever? Yes. So I was I was a late mom. So I was thirty four when I had my first kid, and I had wanted kids since I was like not even 10 years old. I love babies and good parents. And I had a decent childhood. And because I had wanted them for so long and I had been babysitting a lot and I wanted to become a daycare provider when I was little, I thought for sure that once I was finally going to meet a father to my kids and have babies, everything was going to be great. And it wasn't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was uh, anything, everything from procreation to to being pregnant, to actually delivering the babies, to then having the babies and being a mom uh, did not go as I had in, you know, planned in my head and envisioned. And uh, so I'm here in the Washington, D.C. area with this three-month-old baby, and I go to a mom's group, which is a French mom's group because I'm French, and they all say, you've got to go to this place. They teach. They, it's a nonprofit. They teach parent education classes. We don't have this in France. You will love it. It will change your life. I'm like, who... Seriously, who needs parent education classes? I had never heard such a concept. So I thought it was so strange. And I don't yeah. know if you know anything about French people, but French people are usually not very naturally enthusiastic and they're kind of like usually more pessimistic and more kind of negative. So for my French friends to tell me this was a great place and it was going to change things, I thought I really have to go check it out. So anyway, that's how I, I went to take parent education classes there. And it did change my life because it made me a better parent and it made me a coach.
0: Okay, oh, cool. All right. Thank you for sharing that. And so tell us about who you coach and what you do for for the people you coach.
1: Sure. So I call myself the challenge coach, uh, because I help people with pretty serious life challenges. So people that come to me are from all walks of life, any age, any country. You name it. And the one thing that they all have in common is that their their problems are pretty big to them. They're all different problems. Mm-hmm. And to you, maybe some of these problems might look little. Uh, and to you, some of these problems might look like insurmountable. But for every person, whatever problem they have that they come to me with is feels really big and they can't deal with it on their own. So it can be parenting, but it can also be relationship problems. It can be career problems. It can be illness. It can be... D- death. It can be just recently I had, I can just give you an example somebody who's just lost a spouse and is dealing with illness issues and cannot find a job anymore, but is running out of money and is being shunned by, uh, by their family. And so this, these kinds of really big life issues. And what I'm the challenge coach, because I help people overcome their challenges and really get through them and become stronger in the process or help tap them into their resources, find their resources again, tap into them and then get mm-hmm. on the other side of them stronger, hopefully, and better able to tackle life and, and also be the best people that they can be because it's really yeah. difficult to be good at your job or at your parenting or at your relationships when you don't feel good and when things are really hard. So by working through that and becoming better and overcoming, then you become better at life and all these areas of life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And I guess if you're, if you've been through challenges, it gives you more power, I'd say, to help someone else through their challenges Right. We talked briefly before, and I think I saw it in your bio that you, you lost, your husband died, so you became a widow. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that's one of your strengths in coaching. So can you share your challenges with having kids and where you thought that you were going to have a partner to help you through rearing children? Can you share with us some of the challenges that came? Because you lost their dad and anything else you want to share about that?
1: Yeah. So how interesting that we're doing this podcast today on Valentine's Day, right? (laughs) Anyway, so he died of cancer and he died after a three-year battle with cancer. So my kids were Mm -hmm. seven and nine when he started getting cancer. And then they were 10 and 12 when he died. And it was a pretty brutal um... battle with cancer with tons yeah. of treatments that didn't go well surgeries almost death uh, a number of times throughout so there was that entire traumatic situation for the kids and trying to protect them without lying to them because I'm a fervent mm-hmm. proponent of telling kids the truth and not lying to them while yeah. at the same time doing it in the way that they can actually take it and not you know crumble right. under it so there was yeah. that and then he died and um So then there's the initial period right afterwards where you're dealing with your own grief and just trying to get up in the morning Mm -hmm. and and having to make sure your kids are okay through that, right? So that's very hard because you can barely make it through the day yourself and you have to take, but it's also your saving grace, for me, it yeah. was, I don't know that it's always for everybody, but for yeah. me, I don't know that I would be here talking with you if, if I hadn't had my kids. Cause you, I felt like I didn't have a choice. I felt like I had to get up in the morning. I felt like I had to take them to school. I felt like I had to put the mask on so they would be okay. And because when yeah. see, the problem is with, with it, for a child that loses a parent is now they know the truth. They know that sometimes that happens, that you can mm-hmm. lose a parent. You only have two mm-hmm. of them. So when you lose one and you find out that's a possibility, then you get pretty scared about the other one. Then you get pretty yeah. protective and worried about the other one. So it's really important, I think, for the surviving parent, at least that's what I decided for myself, to show that I was strong and that I was going to do everything I could so that nothing would happen to me. So there's this initial phase that's pretty rough. And and then, of course, you can imagine when somebody... I don't know if... I hope you haven't had that experience, but you have to deal with all the paperwork. And if you depending on how the roles were organized in the house, depending how much your spouse was doing in my, Mm -hmm. I hate, I had to, I'm embarrassed to admit that my husband who was much older than me was doing a lot of the things he was doing a lot of physical things around the house, manly things that I didn't have to do. And that therefore I didn't know how to do, but also the whole finances and things. And so there's that hardship of the stress of the fear of dealing with that and having to also overcome that and, figure it out for the future of your kids and your family and then you talked about the parenting itself so i think i was telling you just before we started because my husband was much older he wasn't really he already had kids from a previous marriage and he wasn't <laughs> super excited about and my kids know that so i can say it live on the air he wasn't if i had if I'd given him a choice he would have probably not done that but because he was older when he felt it was maybe not the best thing for kids, but, and he was also working very hard and he was an executive, pretty high level in a company and he was traveling all the time. And so we kind of had this deal. It was not unspoken. It was actually spoken. He said, okay, but you, you have to know you'll be the main parent at home because I'll be gone a lot and you'll have to be the main parent. So that was already kind of Thankfully, maybe in a way, it was already kind of the way we were organized. Mm -hmm, But still, mm -hmm. when there were issues with them, when there were, should we choose this school or that school? Should I go talk to the teacher about this problem? Or yeah, and even just day to day, like how to raise them day to day, what kind of philosophy, what kind of values you have somebody to speak with. And then the thing that happens when you become a, a solo parent is now you don't have anyone that cares about them the way you do. You might have friends, you might have grandparents, but who cares as much as you do about your kids than the yeah. other parent? And um, yeah. and so now, and when your kids, when do you need your, your co-parent most? You need them when you have issues with your kids, when your kids are in power struggling with you, when they're not listening to you, when they're not doing what you need them to do. Who? Which neighbor wants to hear those stories? Which neighbor yeah. wants to yeah. have the time and the patience and the bandwidth to help you with yeah. this, right? So this is when you kind of... And and if you're like me, maybe sometimes you're a little ashamed that you don't know how to do it. You don't know the answer. You're not dealing with what that so you don't deal with it. Also, maybe then you don't want to go tell someone else about this because you feel mm-hmm. embarrassed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, f- that was the thing that I found the hardest. Really, is to and my I'm going to cry. A very good you friend of cry. ours. Um, my husband's name was Steve, and a very good friend of ours. We were couples, friends, so we were really got along and her husband was Steve and he had cancer for many years. They were a little bit younger than my husband. They were between me and my husband in age. So they had kids about the same ages as us. And years before my husband got sick, this guy, Steve, got sick with cancer. And so we were supportive of them the whole time they were going through this. And then he died. And on the day that we buried him, my husband found out he had cancer. And one thing that this woman told me, I can name him, but I don't, I'm not going to say her name just out of privacy purposes. But one thing that she told me, she said, when she found out my Steve had cancer, she said, the worst thing nobody ever tells you is that when your partner dies, you never again have somebody that always knows where you are. Mm -hmm. And that was such... I wish I, she hadn't told me ahead of time because it was painful enough to realize it once my husband had passed away. But it really is true if you think about it. Once yeah. when you are in a couple, the other person, if you are in a decent, normal relationship, right? Your couple always, your partner always knows where you are. So if you go to the gym, mm-hmm. they know you're at the gym, and if you're not coming mm-hmm. back by a certain time, they're going to wonder where you are, etc. Right? Yeah. So you don't have yeah. that anymore. And it's the same thing with your. It's that same feeling that you don't have that partner to speak with about your kids anymore
0: yeah because that knowing where you are is not just a physical where it's right here yeah in yeah. the heart
1: in the head yeah. yes mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and so yeah and then of course there's the cliche things that are not cliche but they're the things that everybody kind of talks about and that movies are made of is of course i'm getting goosebumps the graduation because my daughters one of them graduated last year one of them is about to graduate the graduation, mm-hmm. the weddings, the all these things, they're mm-hmm. not there for that. And so you feel alone. I remember when my kid was still in high school and she was playing volleyball and at senior night, she was recognized and then you walk down by yourself. It's 50% of the adult population 50% of people are divorced. So it's not a unique thing, but it's painful nonetheless. It doesn't matter if it yeah. happens to others.
0: Yes, yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I didn't hear anything in your conversation that said that you needed to be embarrassed about anything. I mean, I had a conversation with another guest the other day and she was saying that one of the things that a lot of couples don't do is they don't talk about money and they don't talk about the things that matter so that when one spouse leaves, however they leave, that the remaining spouse can handle the affairs with the children. But I didn't hear you say anything. That I heard you use the word embarrassed a couple of times. I, I mean, I don't see it. So even at this stage in the game, you still should give yourself credit because you lost someone too. Uh, whether or not he was there fully or not, you. I'm sure the relationship, you had an awareness that he was your man and, you know, <laughs> that your kid's dad. And so... You lost someone too, and it took it take. I've never been in that position, and out of respect for you, I won't say any more on that. But I think that you did the best you could in your situation, and nothing you said sounded embarrassing to me. So. I, I
1: really appreciate you saying that, but I, I and uh, I am really. Um... Grateful and proud that my kids turned out the way they did. One thing I want to say is my husband was there with, he, he, if he had a choice, he wouldn't have chosen this. Yeah. But once he did it, he was in with all his heart. He just wasn't there for all of the diapers is what I meant. He was oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the daily, yeah, you know, it. feeding them at bedtime and things like yeah. that. But other than that, he was definitely very much a uh, present dad. And he was there for their intellectual development, etc. But no, and the embarrassment I was talking about is just how, I remember clearly when I was taking these parenting classes and I was realizing all the mistakes and how imperfect that was. And I think a lot of parents, I know this because I'm now a te- parent a educator, how yeah. parents feel terrible mm-hmm. and don't mm-hmm. dare speak about this. So when I talk about embarrassment, mm-hmm. I talk about that in particular, about the shame mm-hmm. of, for example, the reason why I went to the parent education classes is because I grew up in France in, okay, I'm going to tell you my age. I grew up in France in the sixties. French dad, German mom, post-World War II, very still authoritarian style. You don't listen. Mm-hmm. I don't say that this necessarily happened in my family, though it might, but you know, you don't listen, you get the belt. You, and you know, this talking down and you're, you're meant to be seen, not heard, et cetera, et right. cetera. And I didn't like it. And I didn't want to raise my kids like that. And I made uh-huh. the decision I wasn't going to do that, but then I didn't know how to do it. How else do you do it? If you can't hit them, how do you make them listen yeah. to you, right? And so yeah. thank goodness I was in these parenting class. Oh, and what I meant to say, I'm sorry, I finished my thought, is that now that I'm a teacher in these classes and a leader, what parents find is they come to learn solutions and to find solutions to their problems. And they find that, in fact, what they find is a support group of parents who are yeah. struggling just the way they are with the same kind They're of issues like, um, and, and there is yeah. no shame but but about what you said at the end I did do the best I could and I'm just so incredibly grateful that I was doing the job that I was doing that I was a coach that I was had become a parent educator myself and that I was able to apply all of this and I really think it saved us and I can give you an example if you want
0: sure yeah
1: so one of the things that we talk about in our classes is we talk about. Um, democratic parenting and that means that kids also get a voice in the family and so Mm -hmm. how does it look practically speaking is we propose that families do family meetings on a regular basis so they meet with their kids on sunday mornings after breakfast for 15 minutes and they share appreciations and they also solve problems that the family has so Mm -hmm. you know the hallway is a mess every day after school what should we do about this, kids? Can you guys help us solve this problem, right? So it's really involving mm-hmm. the children. So we were yeah. doing family meetings since my kids were very little because I had learned it at PEP, right? And so when Steve died, you know, he was part of these family meetings. He hated it, by the way, in the beginning when I told him we're going to do family meetings. He said, "What do you mean? I already do family. I do meetings all day long at work. You want me to come home and have another <laughs> meeting? No, I'm not doing this." And then, yeah, and then he saw how impactful it was because we were you really those meetings are about sharing appreciations and gratitudes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so he saw how impactful that was and so then he started joining the meetings and really loving them I mean that's when I saw him yeah. crying for the first time is at one of those meetings Aww. when one of his kids appreciated him and um, yeah. so when he died I said to the kids we used to share the work amongst four people and now we've got this one big contributors to the family who is no longer there we have to redistribute the work amongst three people mm-hmm. now who wants to take what tasks so that was one of the ways that those and my you know my youngest said oh i'll do all the technology in the house i'm really good with technology she was 10 years old but she was really good with computers and my oldest, yeah. and, my oldest and my kid my little one said i will fix things i will be the one who changes the light bulbs and fix things
0: Man yeah. about the house,
1: <laughs> and my older one said, "I'm really good at organizing and cleaning, so I'll keep the house organized, and I'll help you with the tasks, uh, with the meals and the c- cooking and stuff." But anyway, it uh-huh. saved us. It saved us to have done this ahead of time, because it put some order and some structure to the chaos. Yeah. And, and my kids yeah. were already speaking that language, and so it was a little easier with the transition.
0: Yes, yes, I like that teamwork. The kids teamwork. then feel a part of the team. And it's not like you, mommy and daddy telling them what to do. It's, you know, exactly. I know I'm part of this and I'm important. So absolutely, yeah, I love it. Love, love it. it. Yeah.
1: Do you have kids?
0: Well, I have three sons. They're all adults and two granddaughters.
1: <laughs> oh, good for you.
0: <laughs> so, so you told me one thing you were grateful for. I heard it uh, in your conversation. But this is one of my questions, actually. What is Pascal grateful for today? Today? You mean literally today? Right now. What comes
1: pop? Oh, this was a very good day. So this is a long list. But well, right this moment, I'm really grateful to be speaking with you because we had a hiccup and it almost didn't happen. So I'm very grateful that you, you. were interested in speaking with me and that you made the time. So I'm grateful for that. And today I'm grateful because after all these years of... Pain, I found a new man and I have a new partner and he's on the other side of this wall and he's made me, for Valentine's Day yesterday, he spent the whole day cooking and he gets ah. into these very, he's from Italy originally, from Sicily. And so he has Sicilian cookbooks and ah. he makes those very elaborate meals. And so I just had a quickly before I spoke with you, I just went and had a bite to it, we eat with him and uh, just really grateful for Acts of love for being yeah, yeah. supported again and taken care of. And uh, it's really
0: nothing replaces That's awesome! This. That's awesome. Happy va- Valentine's Day to you. Thank you, and to <laughs> you as well. <laughs> Yes, for sure. All right. So I'm going to let you go. Enjoy your meal in a bit. I, I really appreciate you coming and talking to me. And I always enjoy these conversations. Uh, I love podcasting because I get to meet so many wonderful people and hear about their beautiful lives. So thank you very much for coming and sharing. Could you give me one piece of advice, a solo one piece of advice, anything that comes? To- I created, I actually am going to cheat because I created the single parenting
1: class at PEP as a result of my situation so we didn't have oh, okay. a single parenting class <clears throat> so I created it and so this is there's a lot that we talk about but I think the most important part is to make self-care your number one priority and the reason why I say this as the first thing is we all hear this all the time but it really is important to remind especially solo parent, when you mm. get on the plane what they say put your oxygen mask on first why? Yep. Because if you don't do that, then you're dead and you can't put it on your child, right? And so exactly. you, it needs to be your priority and it is not selfish. It is mandatory. You cannot take care of others. You cannot do your work. You cannot do good if you don't feel good. And that's why you've got to take care of yourself first. And that doesn't have to mean. And so, you know what they say in the classes, the single parents, they say, yeah, but everybody tells us that it's so easy to say, and it's like impossible Mm -hmm. to do. And the truth is that is not true. If you Mm -hmm. make it a priority, if you put it in your calendar, it doesn't have to be huge. It can be three Mm -hmm. times five minutes a day, five minutes before you get out of bed or out of your bedroom. Five minutes at lunch, five minutes before bedtime at night. And it doesn't have to be anything like you don't have to go on a date. It can be just savoring a piece of chocolate or a cup of coffee, Mm -hmm. savoring. I just, because I didn't have time today, I just walked up the street and back 10 minutes. Giving myself those 10 minutes, that was the gift, right? And it cleared my head and it gave me energy it's mandatory it's the number one priority and it does not mean that you're going to abandon your children it's an it, you have to think of it as an investment
2: if you yeah, invest in yourself
1: yeah. then you're going everything else is going to go so much better you're going to be more yeah. energetic motivated you're going to feel good and because of that you're going to do good
0: yes exactly thank you very much uh, you can't give anything if you're an empty cup right so yeah, thank you very much, Pascal. I really appreciate you coming and talking to me today.
1: It was a great uh, gift to me on Valentine's Day. So thank you so much for having <laughs> me.
0: Thank you. I'm excited to share that Solomon's Talk is now on YouTube. Check out these interviews on our new channel, Solomon's Talk TV. There you will actually see the interaction between myself and my guests. You will also find bite sized clips of daily inspiration to help you the struggles of everyday life. So click Solar Moms Talk TV below to watch now.
2: Hello Solo Moms. As a solo Mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life. To see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry, and parenting alone can be a lonely journey. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemary.com or by calling plus one nine one seven nine nine four one three two nine or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you. And I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.